They've been spiritual. Yes, they could be spiritual again. And the whole principle of revival is getting rid of sin in our life that the power of God might rest upon us. Take your Bibles and go with me to the text that we read earlier. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It is a delight to be here. Love coming to British Columbia. And I love to meet the Christians here at Grace Baptist Church. And I know that God is moving and working here. And I remember the first meeting there in the park. That was really amazing. There weren't many there, but they were happy in Jesus. And it's wonderful to see that you're still happy in the Lord. And what a delight to be with you. The passage of Scripture that we read it begins in verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is what? Spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. If you know this book, you know the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto what? Spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, yet neither now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there are among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Paul says, Apollos watered, but notice, God, God gave the increase. Our Heavenly Father, please open our understanding this morning. May we understand who we are and where we stand with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the Bible, there are a lot of threes, three things together, like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, we call the Trinity. There are also three enemies that are found in the Bible. The world is your enemy. Your own flesh is your enemy. And the devil is your enemy. The Bible makes clear that there are three ingredients. Every one of us have a body. How many of you know you have a body? Good. And you're looking good this morning. Amen? You are made up of body, soul, and spirit. 
Also you are made up of three other things. Intellect, emotion, and will. This is the way God created mankind. With a body, soul, and spirit, intellect, emotion, and will. And all of you have those six things. And the question is, do you understand who you are? Do you understand where you stand with God? And it's given clearly here in the scriptures to help you to understand exactly where you are as far as God is concerned. I think it's important that our Creator has influence in our life, don't you? I'll never forget, I went forward in the service at six years old to get saved. I heard a hot message on the subject of hell and it scared me. And I went, man, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I think that would be a good choice, don't you? But nobody dealt with me, Pastor. Nobody came down and said, Danny, why did you come forward? If they had, I would have said, I want to get saved. I want Jesus to be my Savior. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I went back to my seat thinking in my head that I had asked Jesus to come into my heart, but I had not. Nothing changed in my life. I kind of was a miserable kid in many ways. I gave my father more trouble than all my other four brothers combined. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you I was a lost preacher's kid. At 14 years old, my father said to me, Daniel, I've never seen any indication that you're really saved. And I thought to myself, I didn't say it out loud, but I thought to myself, I, I don't see any evidence that I'm saved either. And after dad went off to work, I got my Bible. I was teaching primary boys in Sunday school. And I'd led some of those boys to the Lord. But I wasn't even saved. I got baptized at age 12. My father thought, you're old enough to be baptized. He thought I was saved. But then at 14 years old, I realized through my dad's wisdom, my dad was my father, he was my principal, and he was my pastor. How could three people be wrong? And I realized I was lost. And I, after my dad went off to work, I, I got in that rocking chair and I led myself to Jesus Christ. Man, I was so happy. I was thrilled. Dad came home that night and I said, Dad, guess what I did? He said, what, son? I said, I got saved. He goes, we'll see. Now you say, why do I tell you that? I said that in Sunday school, didn't I? Why do I tell that again? Because there are many people that think they're saved, but they're not really saved. Going to church doesn't save you. Being religious doesn't save you. Being educated doesn't save you. Only Jesus, only Jesus can save you. Let's take a look at these three types of people. In the scriptures here, one is called the natural man. One is called the spiritual man, and then one is called the carnal man. Now, when God speaks in his word, when he says 
natural man. He's referencing all of mankind. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no way I can reach those lights up there from here. I've fallen short of it. My sin is separated between me and my God. And only Jesus can make salvation possible. Not me. I can't save myself. Only Jesus can do that. Now let's talk about the natural man. The natural of mankind. The Bible tells us here in chapter 2 verse 14, But the natural man, notice there, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness. What are you? You're foolish to accept Jesus Christ. I don't need Jesus. There have been people that are lost. The natural man has said, Oh, you Christians, you need your little crutches to get along with life. You need Jesus. And they're saying, I don't need Jesus. You're foolish going to church. You're foolish accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Live it up, man. Who knows how long you have. Live a fast and loose life and do what you want to do. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. That's the natural man. Let me give you some characteristics of the natural man. Number one, he's unconverted. He's not saved. The Bible says, uh, Peter made it clear in 1 Peter 1.23 that he called those that are lost the corruptible seed. But those that are saved he calls the incorruptible. That's beautiful, isn't it? Then there are many natural people that are religious. Churches are filled with religious people. Even Nicodemus, who was, uh, uh, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was the most educated religious man. The Pharisees were the most of the highest religious order of Jesus' day. And yet the Bible makes it clear that they were not saved and Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and he said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a great teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And you know what Jesus said? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus got saved. He trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his only means of salvation. It's not a religion. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Does any among, any among you seem to be religious? He deceiveth himself. This man's religion is vain, the Bible says. The Bible says in James 1.26, They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. They're ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Some people know all about God, but they don't know God. It's a form of religion, but it's not an acceptance of Jesus Christ and Him alone. There are many people that are natural men and women, boys and girls, that are educated. They've been educated. My brother Tim's a missionary in France. The French people are very intellectual. And many of them don't believe they need God. They believe that their intellect, the worship of self, is all they need. 
But oh, that's not true. You can be smart. You can have uh, all kinds of degrees and yet miss heaven by 18 inches. You've got the truth of God about Jesus in your head, but you've never given your heart to the Lord. Oh, my brother has led many French people to Christ who realized that intellect was not in who I am, but in trusting Jesus Christ, who is the great I am. They were educated. Paul was a Jew. He was a Pharisee of the highest order. He was taught by Gamaliel. He knew the law. He was zealous toward God to persecute Christians, captivating them and punishing them, throwing them into prison and even killing them, thinking that he was doing God a service. So just because a person's educated, just because a person's religious does not mean they are saved. Many lost people would like to destroy the churches and religions of the world. Why? Because it means I've got to submit my intellect. I've got to submit my understanding to somebody greater than myself. And oh, it's important that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are dead when we're, we're lost. We're dead in sin and trespass. And even discernment. Ephesians 2.1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. They walked in the vanity of their own mind. Lost people. The natural man needs Jesus Christ. Number two. Let's take a look at the spiritual man. Now these are polar opposites. There's a huge difference between spiritual people and the natural man. The Bible tells us here in verse 14, or verse 15 it says, But he that is spiritual, notice closely, judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Did you know that you could be judged of man, but if you judge yourself, man will not judge you? I think that's very interesting. So often, people, they commit crimes, they do things that are wrong, and then the law judges them, correct? Well, we have been judged by the law, and we've been proven guilty. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's very evident that, that we that are spiritual are taking on the spirituality of God. We are taking on Jesus Christ and Him crucified, risen, and coming again. He forgives us of our sin. He cleanses us from our sin. And He gives us a new heart. And we begin to live for Jesus instead of living for self. Self is pretty empty. And there are many people that are trying everything they can. Drugs, alcohol, you name it. Money prestige, position, power. They're trying all these things to find peace. The Bible says, There's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. But those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, 
He gives us peace. He gives us satisfaction. He gives us joy. He gives us eternal life in heaven. What a wonderful truth that is. So number one, the spiritual man is led by the Spirit of God. God the Father sent His Son to die for our sins, was buried, rose again, went back to the the right hand of the throne of God. But God, Jesus said, I'll not leave you comfortless. He sent the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. And we are led by the Spirit. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, they that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. We have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has come to indwell us and to give us wisdom to know what's right and what's wrong. He's given us our precious book. Folks, I'm telling you something. My dad, now I was embarrassed when he did this, but I'm not embarrassed anymore. When I was a kid, I was embarrassed. My dad would do this. He would kiss his Bible. And I thought, that's nuts. But the older I've gotten, the more in love I am with this book. You could take my house in Fort Worth, Texas. You could take my car, my van, my motorcycle. You could take everything I have. You could have it. But not my word, the word of God. This is the prized possession. This makes a bank account look like nothing We are rich in faith. We are rich in God. We are rich in Christ. We are rich by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And this book makes up a new man, a spiritual man, a godly man, a godly woman, godly young people. Oh, listen, you must know God intimately and personally and every day walk with the Lord and enjoy His presence. The Bible says, in His presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. There's nothing in this earth that compares to our Savior and this precious book, the Bible. The spiritual man does not understand the world anymore. If the world is foolishness to, if the things of God are foolishness to the world, then that means they're not foolish to us. Would you agree? The Bible says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Bible says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Jesus speaking, I pray that thou shouldest take them out of the world, or not take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest give, take them from the evil. They that are, are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. He changes everything in your life. And the things of the world grow strangely dim, as the songwriter wrote, in compared to his glory and grace. Now the spiritual man has the mind of Jesus Christ and seeks to deepen his relationship with the Lord. 
I got thinking, Pastor, when you were talking about all the fruit and trying to get people to be in every Why wouldn't we want to be in every service? Why wouldn't we want to hear the Word of God? Why wouldn't we want to bathe ourselves in the Word of God? Why wouldn't we want to tell others about how great our God is? Did you know that? When you are a spiritual person, you hunger after God. Now, some of your stomachs are growling already. I've not heard them, but I'm assuming that's what's happening. How many are looking forward to lunch? Amen. I'm right with you there. But the hunger that I'm talking about is a hunger for God. A hunger to know more about God. I'll tell you, we need revival so bad in our country. In the United States, our nation is head over heels in debt. And it's full of trouble. There's all kinds of problems going on. I don't want to waste my time telling you about them. Because every nation seems to go away from God instead of to God. But you can't stop us from getting a lot of God. And I can guarantee you by Wednesday night, if you'll come to these meetings, God will do something in your heart. We want to be spiritual, not We don't want to be lost, be like the natural man. We want to be spiritual people. That brings me to number three. Look closely with me. The carnal man. It's found in our text there in verse 1 of chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto what? Now let me tell you a little bit, let let, let God's word talk to you about the carnal man. If there's only three types of people in this auditorium, the natural man, the lost person, the spiritual man, the saved person, but let's talk about the carnal man. The Bible talks about people being carnal The first thing I want us to understand that as a Christian, you can be a true born-again believer and yet be carnal. The Bible says, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, that's spiritual people, saved ones, calling upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, I wish I had time for you to tell me your testimony on how you got saved. Boy, that would be so enjoyable. To hear how God brought about the circumstances where you realized you needed to be saved. And you trusted Christ and you became a spirit-filled person. You now belong to Christ. And yet... Look what he says about the carnal Christians. Look with me in verse 2 of chapter 3. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for as there is among you envying, strife, division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Some said, I'm of of Paul. Some said, I'm of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? What, What is carnality? Carnality is a Christian living in the flesh instead of the Spirit. The Bible says the Spirit indeed is willing, but our flesh is what? It's weak. 
Every, there's not a person here that's saved that doesn't battle with temptation and sin. Every one of us do. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. We're tempted. We're drawn away, the Bible says, of our own lust and, and, and enticed. And sometimes we get bitter, we get angry, we get revengeful. Sometimes we do things that we can't believe we're doing almost, but we're doing them because maybe somebody made us mad or we just wanted to do something that we shouldn't do and we quenched the Spirit of God and said, I love you, Lord, but step aside. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's a carnal Christian. Yes, they've been spiritual. Yes, they could be spiritual again. And the whole principle of revival is getting rid of sin in our life that the power of God might rest upon us. That God might be able to use us for His glory. I have a message I preach. I changed the title, Pastor. It was um, 73 Besetting Sins. Doesn't that scare you? First of all, are you going to preach 73 different sins? I got done preaching that message. And uh, the pastor came up to me. He said, Brother Knickerbocker, he said, you never touched one of my sins. And I was like, really? He really surprised me with that. So later I said to his wife, um, would it be okay for you to write down a few of the sins of your husband? And she said, Brother Knickerbocker, you don't have the time and I don't have enough paper. We've all sinned as Christians, haven't we? And you know, when you really are spiritual and you know the Lord is your Savior and you got a little bit away from the Lord because of some sin, how do you feel? You feel dirty. You feel like I've disappointed God. Oh, it just seems like I can't get victory over these sins in my life. Oh, you can get victory. And it's God's power that needs to replace the temptations and the sins. Nobody can make me sin and nobody can make you sin. You sin because you want to. I was preaching to a group of couples. I had 400 men I was speaking to. My wife was speaking to the 400 ladies. I thought, how can I start this off for men? So I thought for a minute, I said, I know what I'll say. So all these men are out there. I said, you know, wives are really a bunch of nags. Guys are going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I thought, let me bring this crowd under control. I said, you made them that way. <laughs> Tell me that's not true. Don't speak up, ladies. Do you get the point of what I'm saying? We can be spiritual on Sunday and then be backslid on Monday. Can't we? You see, the carnal man needs to be stopped. And only God can stop carnality in our lives. We have to surrender our will back to the Lord. I remember I told you the body, soul, and the what? Spirit. Spirit, remember that word, the spirit of man. And then you've got intellect, emotion, and then what? 
will. The spirit of man and the will of man need to submit to our great God. And say, I'm not going to allow myself to do anything that would be outside of the will of God for me. If God wouldn't do it, I'm not doing it. Amen. Folks, that's how victory comes to the Christian. Confess your faults. Get right with God. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to do what? Forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can be clean. Our sin can be washed away. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. So either you're a lost person here today, or you're a spiritual person here today, or you're a carnal person here today. Now what are you going to do about it? If you're lost, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. If you're spiritual and you're really walking with God and you're having victory in your life, keep doing that. But if you've allowed carnality to get into your saved life, you ought to come and confess it to the Lord and ask Him to forgive you of it. So that you can be right with God again. How many times has God forgiven you? I don't think you could count how many times you've been forgiven. What makes you think that God couldn't forgive you this very moment? Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.